What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Hi-Fi Hour. Today, I have the utmost pleasure of talking with a buddy of mine, Elon Osborne. What's going on, Elon? Hello. How are you, Mike? I am doing well, buddy. And Elon has a, a YouTube channel. Um, it actually caught my attention because it was it looked kind of similar to my to what I would do <laughs> on my channel. So I'm like, oh, this guy seems pretty, pretty cool. So uh, I checked out his stuff and I had to have him on because uh, any chance I get to collaborate with another YouTuber that is has a similar vibe to me is always a, a, a great time because I know we're going to have fun with it and and stuff like that. So Elon, tell us a little bit about yourself how long you've been doing the YouTube thing and how you got started with it, with audio in general. Well, um, I grew up in a musical family. Um, so music was definitely a big part, uh, since I was born pretty much, you know, my, my, I, I grew up singing in church choir. And, uh, so just the, the music background and then just loving harmonies and choir music and vocals um, which that translated into having a love for film scores as well from an early age. Like, uh, you remember American tale, um, the, the animated film from like 1985 or something, 1986. Um, I, I don't, is that a Disney? Was that the Disney movie? It was. I don't know if it was Disney. It sounds it was so produced familiar. by Steven Spielberg because it was about oh. the, the Mouskowitz family. So it was, you know, kind of Jewish heritage kind of thing. Gotcha. But James Horner did the music for it. Mm-hmm. And there was just this little violin motif that caught my attention when I was like four or five years old. And I mean, what four or five year old gives a shit about, you know, a, a violin motif? But apparently, like, I don't know, it, it reached deep down into my soul. And I was I was hooked from then on. James Warner was my favorite, you know, doing Willow and Braveheart, Legends of the Fall, Titanic. So he, he was a big part of my life growing up. Um, so that translated into having a desire to actually write film scores uh, when I was in about my mid-20s. Um, so I, I decided to actually go to audio engineering school, which was actually audio engineering conservatory in Tempe, Arizona. And that just gave me a a good baseline in just the recording arts in general, because I knew that I didn't know anything about recording, Mm -hmm. but I had enough of a musical background where I could at least write some things. It just sounded like shit. So I just figured, you know what? I got to get this education. I, I got to start making my stuff sound professional. Mm-hmm. So then I also um, moved to LA after that to do an internship for that school. And that's when I kind of attempted to, to break into, into film scores, which, you know, it's so cutthroat, just like anything out there any kind of artistic job out there or creative job. It's so cutthroat. It's pretty much just who, you know, Mm -hmm. and I didn't really know anybody. So uh, I was struggling to, to get into that. You know, I did like one or two short films. I did some trailers and things like that, but 
honestly, that was about it. And then fast forward, I, I get married to my wife. She actually gets a job um, uh, teaching at a community college here in town now. So we moved out of LA and I, I just knew that I, I needed to do something involved with audio because music and audio was just such an integral part of my life that it was something I was passionate about. And like, no matter how many YouTube channels you watch or YouTube videos that say how to become a better YouTuber, they always say you have to start with something you're passionate about mm -hmm. because nobody's going to watch for, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 of your first videos. So the only way you're going to be persistent and keep making those videos, even though nobody's watching is to do something you're passionate about. Cause you just want to talk about it anyway. So I, I knew at first I did this kind of bizarre thing where I would listen to TV shows and movies just on my headphones. Um, but with the audio description on so that way I could be at work and catch up on all of my streaming stuff that I hadn't been able to watch, mm -hmm. but just do it sonically. Um, because the, the audio description is like your narrator, right? Mm -hmm. So I would then do reviews on Ozark and, and uh, Better Call Saul, you know, things like that, that I didn't have time to get to just watching it. So I would listen to it and then I would review that. And honestly, nobody gave a shit. <laughs> so, mm. so I'm like, okay, uh, maybe I should try and something else. So I ended up getting the Klipsch uh, reference theater pack for my birthday last year, 2020. Um, and I decided to do a review on it. And lo and behold, that's what people are actually searching for on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So compared to the little tiny variations in subscribers and views when I did the audio related reviews, as soon as I posted that Klipsch reference theater pack review, it just went, it just skyrocketed. Um, I mean, like it didn't go viral or anything, but at least to me, comparatively, it was leagues ahead of where I was before. Mm -hmm. So then I just thought, okay, <laughs> I think I'm going to have to pursue this avenue now because that's what people want. That's what people are searching for. And that is what is getting my subscribers. Right. So then it just kind of snowballed. I just continued to try and do anything related to home theater because being a film buff, I've always been uh, a, an advocate for surround sound and once Dolby Atmos hit the scene, I was like, I'm all about that. That's really cool. Right. So then um, Christmas, uh, well, the holiday shopping season comes last year. And then that's when my channel really started to explode because everybody's trying to figure out what to buy, what not to buy, and seeing what reviews are out there about those kinds of things. So since I didn't, have any connections to review actual product i just decided to create some buying guides because mm -hmm. then i don't have to actually go out and buy it i can just say like just theoretically like you could put this and this and this together and then you've got your dolby atmos system for like 800 bucks mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, people just, just ate that all up, which was great. <laughs> right. So it was, uh, so yeah, I'd say my, my timeline as far as when I started to get real serious about my YouTube channel was a COVID um, because that I actually worked in a marketing department for a real estate agent mm-hmm. and you know, his, his office just kind of dissolved. He decided to retire early. Mm-hmm. And so I was laid off and then that gave me an opportunity to actually go full in on this YouTube channel. Um, and then that in turn, um, so yeah, it was, it was COVID and then September is when I posted the Klipsch Reference Theater Pack review. Mm-hmm. And then December is when I finally hit a thousand subscribers. Nice. So then I could start monetizing, which, yeah. you know, I, I understand that's quicker than most, which I'm totally grateful for. I just happened to post my first review at such a good time. Sure. Little did I know because the holiday season was about to erupt you know Mm -hmm. so so yeah december comes along um but before that i I had to go back to work because my you know unemployment benefits don't last forever so um, i started working again at a a different uh, real estate firm and you know december hit january hit february hit and my channel just continued to grow and i think it was february when um february or march when Imperian audio actually contacted me mm-hmm. and wanted me to review their speakers and at the time i was still a pretty small channel i looked at their website i'm like are you sure <laughs> like your speakers are really nice are you sure you want this guy to review your stuff so at that point um this was probably like the second or third product review or at least product that was sent to me for free to review. So then I just had to figure, you know, I know I just started this other real estate job a few months ago, mm-hmm. but I, I got to put all my time and energy into this YouTube channel now because people are starting to send me stuff and people are starting to actually listen to what I have to say, which is, a new concept for me <laughs> so um yeah then it just kind of snowballed after that and now now it's going and i'm, I'm loving every second of it that's awesome man um it's actually kind of kind of scary how similar our our paths are um i actually used to do uh, photography for real estate um <laughs> right? real estate companies <clears throat> which was cool uh it was cool uh you know it was that was a great I, I actually, I think about doing it again just because uh, it's way better than taking pictures of people. Uh, right. <laughs> the, the house can't talk back. Um, <laughs> but right. but uh, I, I mean, just work. I, I know working for for real estate can be can be rough because some some clients are just like, like uh, I I went in to take some pictures. I know this is totally off topic, but I went to take some pictures. Sometimes sometimes I go to a house and I'm like, you're. Are you guys going to clean this or yeah? <laughs> do you want to sell this house? I mean, what's mm-hmm. going on? But um, I think the real estate uh, industry in general is fantastic, uh, especially if you're in a, in a marketing 
position where you, mm-hmm. there isn't that pressure to have to sell, sell, sell. You know, you're you're basically relying off commission to live. I think that's cool. However, I started my channel as well uh, during in the beginning of COVID, and um, I needed something to do. Right. <laughs> and I was blessed with Aperion as well because I reached out to them um, with the help of my good buddy Giles uh, from Home Theater Fanatics, and they took a chance on me because I was still under that thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've they've been we've all been growing together. It almost seems like, you know, yeah. so they were a pretty unknown company and I'm not saying I'm the one that put them on the, on the map or anything. Cause I'm not, <laughs> but, uh, they, they were a pretty unknown and I, I would say, um, people have been sleeping on a Perion, you know, oh, yeah. I would pair the, some of their Varus line against some of the higher end, you know, Bowers and Wilkins, some of the higher end, Elac, right. uh, uh, some of the higher end clips, um, so yeah, there's definitely opportunity. People, if people haven't realized that, you know, their top tier stuff doesn't exceed two thousand a speaker, um, they need to realize that, and they need to go shopping. And I'll, I'll put in the description below a nice little link to to Perion stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I, man, I, I I know it's rough too because it's it's a journey really because uh, you know reviewing things and. And you're always going to get kickback from people in the comments. And, and yeah, <laughs> that, that's one thing that bugs me, but I've learned not to feed the trolls, you know? Right. But I never respond to those comments. Never. I, wa- I want to so bad though. Me too. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I really want to, but yeah, I know it's just fueling the fire. So it, it I, is there's no point. It, it, it is. And it's <clears throat> another thing I think I've had trouble with is how, because I've I've watched so many YouTube videos uh, on on how to have the best YouTube video or how to grow your YouTube channel to a hundred thousand subscribers in three months, all these so much click. There's so much clickbait out there. It's hard to it's hard to kind of navigate whether you're clicking on clickbait and garbage or something that you're actually going to get something from. Mm-hmm. So I recently uh, joined a thing called Skillshare. Because uh, one of my, one of the, like, I think the coolest YouTubers out there, um, I think his name Marquez Brown Lee, yeah. he, he did actual, he did an actual like little class uh, type deal on Skillshare. And I learned a lot from him just from a, you know, 30, 45 minutes of taking his course. Right. Um, I think it's like 29 bucks a month, but it, it has a lot of cool value to it. Um, but, but yeah, like, like I said, the clickbait really, really turned me. Uh, turn me off because I'm like, well, I'm doing all this stuff you're telling me already and it's not working. Mm-hmm. So I think my, like I said, my biggest obstacle is how to market the videos to where they get more views. Because right. um, the algorithm a lot of times isn't enough. People could be searching for our stuff, but like 10 other things hit it first and then it gets lost in translation. So mm-hmm. I don't know, have you figured out a secret sauce to that or, or, or are we in the same? To the way? algorithm? Mm, not <laughs> well, really. The marketing really. Like how I, you know, it, I'm kind of stuck, you know, because I know I'm sure there's a lot of other YouTubers out there that are, might be listening to this eventually. And I don't know what to tell them. You know, I'd be like, mm-hmm. uh, cause I, sometimes I see one of my videos do 40,000 views. Sometimes they don't even break a thousand. And there's no rhyme or reason to it. I didn't do anything different. 
to either one. It was just luck of the draw. But like you said in the beginning, Klipsch and uh, I'll tell you what, Sonos. I haven't had any Sonos products yet, but uh, I think Klipsch and Sonos are the two uh, favorites uh, for, you know, mass appeal. Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. so that might be something to get into. But Sonos, I don't know if they even send stuff out. I I hope so. (laughs) Well, at least when I was starting to blow up, if I had any kind of dollar amount in the title, usually people would jump on that. Really? Yeah. Because yeah. like like the the buying guides that I did when I was really starting to grow, mm-hmm. you know, I put you know build your Atmos system with eight hundred bucks, build your Atmos system with fifteen hundred bucks, three thousand bucks, and those were wildly popular for you know a few months. And then it kind of obviously just dwindled as it would naturally do. But, but yeah, those, those seem to be the, the ones that were the most popular is when I actually put a dollar amount or, or just talking about money along with product, people just seem to, you know, go gaga over instead of just here is a product mm-hmm. and this is, these are the specs, you know, people really want to know, uh, really honestly want to, to be guided to know what to buy. So they, if you're specifically talking dollar amounts, mm-hmm. then yeah, yeah. They want to know their, they want to know there's value, you know, to, mm-hmm. to yep. what they're buying. And, and the dollar amount kind of narrows down people in that budget too. If you're in that yep. budget range, let's say you, you said 3000, let's say I'm looking to build something for around three, I got 3000 bucks ready to spend you're the video I'm going to watch because you're going to tell me how I can build this for my budget, my particular budget. So mm-hmm. that's another appeal too. So yeah, man, I, that's, that's awesome. I'm glad you grew so fast. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of uh, at a light jog behind you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like you said, you, you kind of did it backwards, but at the same time, I hear the Instagram algorithm is way tougher to crack than the YouTube algorithm. So the fact that you've got tens of thousands, what is it? 60 some odd thousand subscribers? Uh, no, no, no. Um, 27,000, 27,000. Okay. But yeah. even then, even getting to the 10,000 follower mark is mm-hmm. extremely difficult on Instagram. Yeah. So kudos to you on that. Thank you, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah. Instagram was, uh, with Instagram, it's just consistency, posting once a day or twice a day at the yeah. sweet spot time, you know, and, and everybody has a different kind of time frame. And there, there's there's a golden blueprint of Instagram, and I, I should reveal it to the world, but <laughs> it, it, all it is is staying at the end of the day, no matter what you do, it's producing a 10 out of 10 picture mm-hmm. and using the right uh, hashtags, right. posting it at the right time. And being consistent. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's the whole key to Instagram. But uh, the thing is, though, I, a lot of times I'll take pictures of, of gear and stuff like that. And they're beautiful pictures. I'm a photographer by trade. Mm-hmm. But they don't they don't do shit. You know, they don't <laughs> they don't get any likes and they don't get any attention. But I'll take I'll repost someone's a picture that may not have been as nice as mine, but has already had made its rounds around a lot yeah. of different other things. So I think Instagram catches that algorithm and says, mm-hmm. oh, this picture is going to be popular. So people are going to want to see that and they'll show it, you know, rather than a picture 
that you know Joe Schmo from nowhere uh, posted, and it, and it could do well, it could not do well. Right. You know, so <clears throat> the algorithm kind of it kind of works against you in on Instagram if you're a, an actual creator. But uh, <laughs> but as far as you know, getting it out there, that's the that's the trick of the trade. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about uh, that I'm so curious because Emotiva offers uh, a lot of different types of products that people need for their home theater mm-hmm. at a very reasonable price. Yeah. Um, is this, and this is something that, you know, kind of matches with Aperion's whole, you know, uh, mantra, which is offering amazing you know, a problem and an amazing product for a very reasonable price. So tell me a little bit about your experience with Emotiva and would you recommend it to someone starting out or someone even like already deep into it? Um, yeah, I mean, the, the only actual product I have reviewed with of there so far is the basics, a five amp. Um, but even then, I mean, my contact at Emotiva was super nice. Just, went ahead and sent it out to me when everything was kind of exploding with their latest basics line, Mm. because uh, he was actually interested to send me the A5 because um, it's just kind of in this strange little pocket where people are going to get the A2 or the A3 to, to power their front left center, right. But not a lot of people were getting the A5 because you might as well just get the A7 if you're going to power five channels, you know, so then you have two more just in case. So, so he was like, I need more people to know that the A5 is available (laughs) and, and that it's still a really good product. So that was actually my first, um, my first experience with having external amps at all. Because so, previously, all I had was, you know, just using the internal lamps in my AVR and hooking that up um, just, it just made it extremely better. It made what I thought was already an extremely powerful receiver, the Denon X4700H, it just, it, it made it. I don't know. <laughs> it just made it come alive even more. So, so it really was that. Okay. So Denon's the next thing we're going to talk about, but uh, so it really did make that much of a difference between the Denon and the, and the Emotiva. Like it really like sound quality was improved volume, everything. Mm-hmm. Just because, I mean, I, I'm, I'm starting to understand now that just your, regular ABR where you're only using internal amps mm-hmm. just e- even even the best of the best still can only do so much because you have so much stuff stuffed into this box mm-hmm. you know digital audio processing video processing video switching capabilities and and then having to also power all of the speakers And it's usually the amp part of it that is the biggest, bulkiest, heaviest part of it. Mm -hmm. So if you can, if you can alleviate any of that juice to something else, it just makes whatever your, whatever AVR you have, Denon, Marantz, 
Sony, whatever, it just makes it perform that much better because it's sharing the load with the Emotiva. Mm-hmm. And like, I didn't think it would make much of a difference because I know that Denon is a very good brand just by itself. Right. But, but yeah, it's any, any AVR now can benefit from having external amps helping share the load with the power. Well, I, I think I'm, I think I'm SOL because I, my Denon, I have the, was it the 750 H or something like that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, not an expensive amp. It's like 500 bucks. Right. Uh, I like all that it's included. You know, it has a lot of different capabilities and it's uh, so far it's been very, very competent and capable. Mm-hmm. Um, it powers all those Aperions just perfectly, but well, yeah. a- as far as I can tell. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so, so my goal is, is to do, uh, to do separates, here mm. in the ne- in the near future, I want to do a processor and a, and a independent amplifier because right. I just want to see the difference. You know, I want to see the difference. Now, well, I don't know if I'm going to be losing features by do going that route because then I, everything has to be separate. I'll have to have a separate uh, because right now, but the advantage of having that Denon is I have a music streamer, I have mm. an integrated amplifier, I have. Um, what else? Uh, AM, FM radio, like whatever, whatever, yeah. so much stuff, you know, included in there. Right. It, it just makes it so easy um, for like sometimes a dumb, dumb like me to, <laughs> to really, you know, uh, get everything together. However, uh, I'm more interested in sound quality. I'm willing to sit down and learn mm-hmm. how to really tune something up and really re- get it ready to go. One thing I wanted to ask you about Denon, because you did do a video about how to set up your Denon. Yeah. I Denon included this thing called Odyssey, which is their version of um, of like uh, I don't know. I use RE, RE, I use uh, REW to measure my yeah. stuff. So yeah. it includes a little microphone that measures all your speakers, kind of gauges where they're at, mm-hmm. and then tunes it for you or kind of sets up your 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 whole system for you. When I did it, and I know another buddy of mine did it it screwed everything up completely. It like made it sound absolutely horrible. Like I did not know what it was listening to at the time. So did you have any uphill battles with, have you even tried Odyssey or, or how did you go about setting up your dinner? Yeah. I mean, I, I did, I do run Odyssey. Um, and I did run Odyssey, but that was also because before my main, and still, actually, because I had to send that Denon back. Mm-hmm. Um, my main receiver right now is an Onkyo. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a nine-channel amp, or a nine-channel ABR, and they have their own proprietary room calibration software called AccuEQ, mm-hmm. whatever. And theirs isn't that great either. Um, so I just think it's a way for just your regular consumer to be able to at least somewhat have their room and AVR calibrated in such a way that might sound, or at least to, to make it that process a little easier than hooking up a calibration microphone, running REW, you know, for, for our more involved steps, like, you know, like we like to do, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, but for the average consumer, 
Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, it's tough because we also tend to be able to hear little nuances and details that the average consumer probably doesn't hear or care about. So, yeah, now now that I have gotten more into REW and actually doing things manually, mm-hmm. I, I don't like Odyssey or AccuEQ anymore. You know, I, I'd rather yeah. take the time to do REW now. It, it makes sense because um, REW is, I think, a lot more accurate. Uh, mm-hmm. It'll kind of tell you exactly where your little knolls are in your room and and stuff like that. And uh, I think half the battle is treating a room. Um, yeah. I, see, I see you have some room treatments. Uh, let me see if I can point to it. Room, <laughs> room treatments right there. I, mine are against the wall over here so that way i don't get the echo off the wall but um yeah i'm in a bedroom though so it doesn't really matter Uh, (laughs) i I do want to get some good room treatments for the living room and everything because i see even when i'm testing speakers and i do my rew sweeps there's so many nasty room nulls that it's honestly it's embarrassing to me because i'm like they're like what you're testing out speakers in your room is is shit like that right (laughs) man so yeah i I, well i did just uh my you know significant other and i we we just moved into a new place and and we're we're just kind of trying to get it dialed in but Mm -hmm. yeah i think room room treatments and rew are very good to kind of see exactly where your room problems are and stuff like that but um but yeah man i I definitely think that people having trouble with Odyssey should definitely tinker around with REW if they're in, mm-hmm. if they're really looking for to perfect that, that sound inside their room. Right. But sometimes it's not even audibly noticeable, but sometimes it can be, you know, sometimes you're, you're losing out on a lot of bass or losing out on a lot of, you know, mids and highs where you could have that perfect, you know, that perfect straight line, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. So what are your plans for the near future? What do you got coming up? Any, any fun, uh, any fun reviews or anything like that? Uh, yeah, actually I'm on a very, very small hiatus right now. Mm-hmm. Cause we've got, you know, we, we went on a trip a couple weeks ago and then this Friday we're going on another trip mm-hmm. for a week. So like, I, I just didn't have a lot of time to, to stack a bunch of videos all by each other that I could then schedule out. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, I'm, but at the same time, like, you know, it's actually kind of a, a good mental break from this whole grind as well, mm-hmm. because, you know, mental health is very important. <laughs> and so I'm, but at the same time, I'm taking this hiatus to actually write a bunch of scripts for a lot of things that I want to review and get into that I haven't really touched on in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am writing a series of about three or four videos diving into Apple music mm. um, because obviously music is very important to me. And the fact that they are now lossless and high res lossless and spatial audio now with Dolby Atmos is a thing. So I'm going to be trying hitting a bunch of little little pockets associated with Apple music, but I want to write them all and record them all and edit them all at once. So then I can schedule those out, you know, space them out, whatever. 
but uh, that's that's what I. Not only that, but I'm also taking this time to kind of reinvent the look of my videos. Mm-hmm. So I've gone back into Premiere and After Effects and kind of built built a couple of new, um, you know, when things pop up on the screen and go away, some transition things, um, the the intro, the outro, you know, the, all those kinds of things that I, I really pride myself in with my channel right? Um, because I, I'm trying to make it more of a show rather than just a YouTube video. So I, I'm trying to take that to the next level. And hopefully, you know, it's a gamble, but hopefully that translates to more people actually wanting to tune in because right. it's more like tuning into, you know, uh, last week tonight with John Oliver instead of just watching somebody talk about gear on YouTube. Well, yeah, when they learn to expect it and they anticipate it, I think that's when you've won. Um, I tried it. I, I, but I think I was too, I was in my freshman stage of, of, of YouTube, YouTubery and, <laughs> uh, and it just didn't work because I didn't have the audience to back that mm. process. However, um, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat you're in. I'm kind of re- not rebranding so much as restructuring how right. I, how I do things and what, why I want to do things and where I'm going to do things. Um, because I feel like I've gotten a little numb. Mm-hmm. Um, at first it was really exciting to be reviewing all these things and doing all these things. And, but when, you know, it starts to pack up and you got boxes everywhere and there's <laughs> yeah, <dude>. absolute <laughs> chaos going on and, and the missus is yelling about the boxes. And I'm like, dude, I got two, I got two storage units full of shit. Right. So, so it's just, uh, it's gotten to the point where I need to calm, calm down a little bit and uh, uh. kind of maybe do some how-to videos. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what I did recently and then we could kind of wrap it up. But uh, uh, recently I did, I teamed up with uh, uh, Toyd's DIY Audio, who's been around for a while. He's He's been doing a lot of DIY stuff for a while. He used to be called 123Toyd. And I wanted to do that amp build that he did. He said uh, the one that's slated to be, a $300 amp that you build yourself that can match a $3,000 amp from, oh, you know, wow. from hoity toity audio. Right. And, um, <clears throat> dude, I, I, I took the, I, I, you know, talked to parts express there. They were on board for it and I just did it. And I just, uh, I mean, it's in the post-processing right now. The video is, mm-hmm. and, um, I didn't do a step-by-step because he already did that. So I didn't want to kind of bite off that because he already did a he did it well enough for me to follow it and to build this thing. Right. So I just kind of featured each kind of like the the initial why I'm doing this, the the build process, you know, and putting everything together and my final thoughts on the sound. Um and I'll, I'll tell anybody on this that watches this, uh I thought it sounded fantastic. Could could it match a $3000 amp? I think so. From a boutique company, I think so. $3,000 amp from like, you know, uh, Parasound or something like that. Probably not, yeah. um, you know, but I cranked this thing hard. 
Um, and it didn't distort. It's pushing out 200 watts per channel. It's a dual mono block. Yeah. Um, and it looks cool. And it, it, it was like, like I said, under 300 bucks. You got yourself a cool little amp. I'm gonna, I'm probably just gonna use it to test out speakers and stuff like that as like a little test amp. But uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, there's so many th- other things I want to get into that's not reviewing products because, mm-hmm. like I, like I said before, like reviewing products is fun if you're into the product. If you're yeah. passionate about the product, like with Aperion, I'm passionate about that stuff. Right. Um, with Triangle, I found that I'm passionate about their sound. But, you know, uh, moving forward, um, I think I'm going to start saying no a lot more than yes. Mm-hmm. And and kind of picking and choosing and curating um, what I want to do. Because I'm kind of in the same boat as you where I want to have – I want this – I want my channel, and I'm sure you do want the same for yours – to have a purpose, you know, to have some mm-hmm. kind of, some kind of, uh, fluid, you know, uh, you know, consistency where people can expect, okay, this is going to be a great show because Elon's awesome. And I want to watch it because Elon is going to bring me value and he's going to show me some cool shit that I have never seen before. And I want the same for myself. I want people to be like, Hey, Mike's pretty cool. He's a little weird, but he's cool. And I, I want to see, I want to see some stuff out of him, but, um, yeah, you know, it's all about just trial and error, really. Trial and yeah. error, trial and error. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think once I'm finished up with everything I'm reviewing at the moment, I'm gonna sit down, maybe even take a little week or two hiatus to kind of restructure, reshoot. I just recently started doing um, using a teleprompter. Oh yeah, I I need to start doing that. I I may hit you up with. Uh, which teleprompter you. you got? <laughs> yeah, because I, I need to. I need to put that in my workflow too. Yeah, I got one off Amazon. I'll send you a link to it. Um, it's it, so far it's been pretty cool because I'll script it and then I'll just put it on my iPhone, mm-hmm. put it on the little uh, the teleprompter kind of hooks into your um, your your tripod, and right. the camera mounts to the thing and it, it it's it looks really cool. I got one of the cheaper ones, not cheapest but cheaper ones. Yeah, I think it was in and around. I think it was almost 200 or something like that, but mm-hmm. works like a charm, man. The thing just flows up and I just, sometimes you can tell I'm reading because it's only been the last few uh, videos. Well, obviously the razor video, I didn't teleprompt it. I just winged it. But uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the last few videos, serious videos, I've actually, um, I'm practicing not like, you know, like <laughs> you go left and right. So I kind oh, of, yeah. I tilt my head sometimes or I'll go like this or I'll make some kind of gesture that oh sure. it's really hard because I mean, everybody teleprompts now. I mean, everybody does it. Yeah. All the big guys do it, you know, because they'll script, they'll script and then they'll just do it. But right. uh, it's all about uh, getting to that next level to give your audience the best possible value and, I, I, I chose to do it because I wanted to be a hundred percent accurate on what I'm telling people. Like when right. it comes to the specs and shit like that, where people will call me out, Oh no, this is like that. This is that. Now I have it. I'll be like, no, you know what? You're lying <laughs> <laughs> because I, I it was on my script and I don't mess up. So, <laughs> but yeah, man, it was good talking to you, dude. I know uh, we, before the show, we talked about, possibly doing some movie reviews and stuff like that on, um, Mm -hmm. on my soon to be sister channel here. Um, so I'm excited to do that. And I think it would be fun to do maybe a live stream one of these days 
and yeah. kind of see how people take that and people can ask us questions and we can do like a Q and a and stuff like that. So that's another thing I wanted to, to work on is, is bringing back the live streams that I, I used to do and, but just right. doing maybe a little bit more sparingly rather than once a week. But, but having, having that option for people to come on and, and, you know, yell at us in person, you know, right. um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, thanks, Elon. I, I really appreciate it. I really dig your content. Guys, if you haven't subscribed to Elon's stuff, uh, all his info is going to be in the description below and you'll be able to check out all of his videos. His videos are top notch. I like them a lot. And this is going to be my new buddy. So <laughs> <laughs> um, stay tuned for another edition of Hi-Fi Hour where I will be interviewing a bunch of other people. So that's as vague as I can make it. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Mike. It was a pleasure. Thanks for watching, um, and we will uh, see you next time.